Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have the folks who help others build their businesses, create their businesses, and we have do-it-yourselfers like to have your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, and like me, many folks who tune in every week for Business Creators Radio Show are all the above, take a moment, explore our episodes, and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated, helps us more business creators just like you. And when you subscribe, you get fresh content every week, including immediate access to over 200 episodes on a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator. You know, there's a funny story I tell, uh, and there are some who are a little bit shocked by it, and then there are those who uh, will have similar stories of, oh my goodness gracious, if you only knew. Uh, back in like 2002, when I was first catching the entrepreneurial bug, and I was getting on my very first website, and I didn't know anything about HTML or Dreamweaver or WordPress. Even to this day, I know enough about that stuff to be dangerous and to help others. But uh, I needed to get some sort of website up uh, in conjunction with my job search as I was graduating from my MBA program at Duquesne University. So I make this little confession sometimes that I uh, borrowed HTML code, HTML code from a porn site and turned it into my website. Uh, if you know where to look on the Wayback Machine, you can find it, but I'm not telling you what URL to look up, even though part of it had my name in it. And you know what's funny is several years ago we interviewed somebody for the expert section of our Business Creators Institute members area, and uh, she told me a very similar story about studying the adult entertainment industry in terms of developing uh, some strategies for marketing and how, in general, we should look outside the box. So now that I've maybe shocked you and put you just a little bit on the edge of your seat, what I want to do is I want to bring you back in, bring you back to earth, and I want to just get you in line with the idea that you can learn so much that you can apply to your business. So many things that will benefit you as a business creator when you look into markets, industries, and niches that you yourself are not in. A good friend of mine, his name is Matt Sellhorse. He's the founder of Boat Dealer Profits. He has recently written and launched a book called book, excuse me, Boat Dealer Profits. And although it is geared towards boat dealers, people who sell boats, there's so much inside that book that every entrepreneur should listen. Uh, you, we listen to. We learn about the sales cycle. We learn about what Matt calls the splash system and how that can be translated to pretty much any industry. So in the name of the concept of riches and niches and the idea that when we look a little bit outside the box, sometimes we find exactly what we need, I introduce to you Matt Selhorst. He's going to be our guest today to tell us what the boat dealer industry teaches us, all businesses, about making more money and having more fun. So let me just tell you a little bit about Matt. He's the creator of the Splash System, and he's committed to helping honest and ethical dealers sell more boats, make more money, and have more fun. He's the author of two books, 
on the subject of sales and marketing in the boat business. Uh, boat Dealer Profits, how the splash system can help you sell more boats, make more money, and have more fun. And a book called Marine Marketing Strategy. Strategies, rather. He is also the sales and marketing columnist at Boating Industry Magazine. He's a well-known industry speaker, having presented on stage at MDCE, Marine Retail University, Sail America, and other dealer and manufacturer events. Matt's also been recognized in the Movers and Shakers edition of Boating Industry in the Bold Move section, featured in Soundings Trade Only, and he won the Best Idea in Orlando at MDCE, as voted on by hundreds of boat dealership owners, GMs, and other industry insiders. So with that, I welcome to you Matt Sellhorse. Matt, come on in. The weather's fine. Hey, th- thanks for having me. And, and you were correct about a shocking admission. I had no idea, <laughs> sir. Yeah, that ought to that ought to get people to pay attention. It's like sometimes yeah, you send I out that you email yeah. with a little bit of the yeah. It's like sometimes you send out that email with a little bit of the offbeat subject line, and then you reel it back and you say, okay. Now that I got I, I almost, your attention. <laughs> yeah, I almost hung up to go start searching the web for uh for Adam Homie and see what I could see what I could uncover. <laughs> now I did a pretty good job taking care of that one. You got to know where to <laughs> dig to find that archive. I uh the moment I actually uh rec- realized revenue in my business, I replaced that sucker real quick. There you go. There you go. Well, <laughs> so I, what I'd like to do here on the on the show. I know, we're both so excited here. We can't wait to speak. I know, I know, I know. So what I want to do here is I know that some of our listeners are currently Googling Matt Sellhorst and Boat Dealer Profits, and they're looking for the opportunity to get, you, to get to know you better. So let's help them out. What I like to do is I read off the guest's official biographies I've done with you, and then what I like to do is our first question, just to ask you a little bit more about your personal journey and what's brought you to where you are today serving business creators and boat dealers at the intersection of your brilliance and passion? Yeah, well, it it started for me um, when I graduated from school. I got into the finance world um, back in – from Nebraska originally. Got into the finance world and and was successful there. Started a mortgage company and uh, had had some pretty good success. And then 2008, 2009 hit. Everybody's familiar with what happened there, Lehman Brothers going under and the, the mortgage meltdown. Well, for for my business, it, um, you know, it, my very first business that I started, ran it for, for six, seven years, and uh, the mortgage meltdown hits, and I've got I've to close down my first business. So, you know, having a, a little bit of a, a, a crisis in life trying to figure out, you know, what the heck am I going to do? I'm about ready to get married. And um, I say, you know what? I, I want to do something after closing that down and just kind of having that personal crisis. I want to do something I really love. So time and time again, as I was talking to my, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, it was, you know, I've always been a boater from the age of five. My, my family's been involved in the boating lifestyle. We, we got our first boat and, and never looked back, you know, six boats later, a, a lake house and, and just the, that being a, a huge portion of our lifestyle Said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go sell boats. I'm gonna go learn the boating industry, and um, so I left. Well, 12 years or so of finance background behind, and and started selling boats. Well, with uh, my first year, started out um, not not super successful. Uh, it was a new industry, a new product. My uh, my general manager, matter of fact, called me a, a no boat selling son of a gun, and um, so yeah. it just 
you know, what <laughs> it didn't really take right away. But after a while, I, I figured out some systems and, and pulled the things that did work from the mortgage industry, put them in, in place in the, um, in the boating world, and, and soon became a top producer, wrote my first book, started doing some speaking, started getting some interest from dealers and manufacturers, and, and now, you know, doing that full-time, helping dealers and, and manufacturers around the country, uh, you know, sell more boats, make more money, and, and have more fun. Uh, with with sales and marketing strategies and, and systems that have been been proven to work by by me and and countless others. Wow, that yeah, and that's a great story. So uh, you know, you mentioned that you've brought together a lot of the systems and a lot of your learnings and created this new thing for boat dealers that they can use to sell more boats, make more money, and have more fun. Uh, you know, you call it the splash system, and I know it's actually been around for a little while, but you've recently revamped it, and you've added a lot of great stuff to it. So uh, we're going to do this one a little bit backwards. Tell us a little bit more about this splash system and how it helps boat dealers. Well, yeah, the, the splash system, I'll, I'll tell you the, the acronym. It's a steady flow of quality prospects, predictable profits, loyal clients, abundant repeat and referral business, systematic results, and higher margins in all departments. So, you know, Regardless of what business you're in, you can adjust a few words here and there, and, and, and you know, that applies to you for sure. Um, but the, the new part of it is, you know, the, the world of sales and marketing is, is changing. And, uh, you know, since I started selling in, in 09 uh, was the first year, August of 09 was the first year I was selling boats, you know, the technology, the smartphone, the consumer mentality um, ha- has all changed dramatically. And um, as those things change, as I work with dealers and the system continues to improve and evolve, um, you know, it, it's, it, hey, you need, to, you need to change with the times. You can't, um, just because it was successful five years ago, doesn't necessarily mean there's not a better way today. And, and that's why it's been updated and, and continuously will be. I mean, I don't ever see a time where I say, oh, it's perfect, it's done, because two years right. later, you know, you're, you're left behind. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, you and I have had conversations. Uh, when I first got started with websites, this is a few years before I had a business website. So go back to like the 1990s, 1995, 1996, and I was building my GeoCities website with my shout-out to my boys and my tribute page to my love of my life for, for the next three months of the time. I, I think some <laughs> of our listeners know what I'm talking about. And <laughs> And I was going door to door for Bob Dole. I mean, remember when Bob Dole was running for president? Uh, seems like a lifetime ago, but that's only 20 years. So look at yep. how much has changed just in those past 20 years. And I remember that's when I used to have my 1988 Camaro. And I would bought the thing about a year and a half before. But I spent a lot of time looking at the trader magazines, in my case, the auto trader, looking at <laughs> – uh, other Camaros, I was thinking about maybe getting a Monte Carlo SS or something like that for a different type of car. And I spent a lot of time in those traders. And, you know, you have a story about how things used to be different. So let's segue into that just for a minute about uh, what it was like back then. And people used to look in Trader Magazine and compare that to what we have right now. Yeah, it's uh, well, first of all, I'm a Monte Carlo man myself. I had two of them. My, my first and second car were both Monte Carlos. So. Um, nice. I love that uh, that you're a Monty man, but yeah. The, so in the boat business, you know, 20 years ago in in '96, you could put a you know in one of those traders, you could put a, a picture, you know, of a, a greenie, 
black and white picture and a 50-line description of a boat, you know, a lot of dealers would, would leave the horsepower off or leave something off that would make the customer say or the prospect say, oh, i got to call them and find out, you know, does this have the, the 90 or does it have the 115 horsepower, you know, mercury on the back? Um, I just I can't tell from that, that grainy picture. And, you know, that's just the way it was. They had no other place to gather that information other than calling or, or walking into the dealership. Um, and it's just, you know, that's the way it was, and that's the way the industry has been up until, you know, the, some of them still wish it were that way. You know, they, they still right. would um, act and, and uh, you know, operate as if that were the case. But nowadays, consumers have all of that information tip at their – or all that information at their fingertips, and they expect to, you know. If they're searching for something and you leave some details out of the description – you leave some details about um, that's important to them. Well, they just click off to the next thing and, and find something else that uh, that is suitable. And um, you know that's a, a yeah. significant change in just 20 years. And then you you know you put the smartphone on top of that that they can do all that while they're you know sitting at a red light in their in their car and they you know they could they can find it anywhere <laughs> they're at. Uh, you know, it's sitting sitting in the restroom. It doesn't matter. They they have their phone. They they've got access to everything that they could possibly want to find. Man, isn't that true? And you know, you've told me stories of boat dealers you've worked with, and they've shared that sometimes they would have the person at their desk filling out the paperwork to finance the boat, and their new customer who had just said yes to buying that boat they were filling out the paperwork for was still on their smartphone looking at other boats. Yeah, I was I was sitting at a dealer. It was I was actually on site for this particular dealer, and you know I just when I come in, um, part of the process in one of my programs is to to be on site and and sort of see what's happening, look for areas for improvements, and you know just happened to be a, a client had walked in that was very interested in the boat, negotiated, agreed on price, and and this dealer took a deposit on a credit card to say, okay, this boat's yours. Let's get your financing figured out. And we'll have it ready for you to get on the water for for next week. Um, you know, customer wallet out, credit card in the in the hand of the salesperson, and I'm you know that nobody knows who I am. I'm just kind of walking around, and I look. Sure enough, the guy's got his smartphone out, and he's looking back on on some web, some boat website, probably Boat Trader, I would guess, and um, you know, searching for a, a different boat, looking at details on another boat as he's sitting there, credit card in hand, paperwork in process saying, yeah, this is the one I want for next weekend, and he's still shopping in the in the dealership's uh, you know, showroom. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting that even as he's handing over his credit card, he is still opening himself to other marketing messages. So there's still that chance that before that credit card gets processed, even as he's handing it to the dealer, he pulls it back and says, wait a minute, I'm not so sure. So you well, could lose the, the deal the, even when you have it. Yeah, it's the it's that fear that you know every every sale is held back by a fear of some sort. That fear of maybe this isn't the best deal, maybe this isn't the right boat, maybe my friends are going to tell me I should have bought a different boat, maybe the maybe a more perfect boat just came online two seconds ago and I'm going to miss it. You know that fear and it's it's going on in their heads and man that phone is right there to answer those fears to to just uh, you know scratch their itch. Oh, yeah, they call them smartphones for a reason. Sometimes I wonder who's the smart one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> You've shared with me a concept called the educational spectrum of a boat buyer. And I found this topic particularly interesting 
because this is one of those things I think can be adapted to pretty much any audience, especially in our modern 24-7 smartphone world. So tell us about the educational spectrum of a boat buyer. Yeah, it's a concept that I, I came up with, and I, I discovered it um, in researching for the for the mortgage business. And, and as I got into the boating industry, it just it seemed like a great framework to base all of my sales and marketing systems on. And the idea is this: that in the in the boating industry, I tell it like this: you know, the way people buy boats, if you look at it from the consumer standpoint, take out what happens at the dealer side, but the consumer. You know, they wake up, they're having breakfast, and the the husband or the wife says to the husband, "Hey, honey, maybe we should buy a boat." And that that first comment gets them on what I call the educational spectrum, and they go through that and they do their research, and then they evaluate what the right boats are. Then they they finally make their decision, and, and money changes hands and are are a now buyer. Well, what what I found, and if you think about it, I I did a um, uh, a talk and I related to a pack of gum with my, my three-year-old daughter at the time went through the same process to buy a pack of gum. And, um, you know, she first said, Hey daddy, can I get some gum? Well, you know, sure. Go ahead. Uh, pick out a piece. Well, then she had to research. She had to look at all of the flavors of gum that were sitting there at the, uh, at the convenience store. And, and you know, she was, was researching what, what's out there. Then she started evaluating, well, I don't like grape and I, you know, I do like strawberry. I like bubble gum and this looks cool. Um, and that was the evaluation phase. And then finally it came to, yep, this is the this is the one I want. But there was still that one thing missing in her case, and that was, you know, she didn't have a dollar thirty nine to buy a pack of gum. So she had to ask, you know, Dad, can I have the money to buy this? And um, you know, then the money changed hands. So in her case it's you know, it was a ten minute process. For the boat buyer, you know, it can take a day. They can wake up in the morning, have that conversation, go to a boat show or a dealership go through the process, yep, this is it, they've got the money, they write the check, and boom, they're out on the water. But what most often happens is it can take weeks and months and even years in a lot of cases with an aspirational purchase like a boat. And, um, you know, that the basis of that framework, the basis of that framework can can really help guide you in, okay, if that's the way people actually buy this product, when a lead comes in, how do I handle that? Well, if I don't sell them today, I may have to, to continue communicating with them for, you know, months and years in a lot of cases. And that's the, that's the educational spectrum of a, of a boat buyer or educational spectrum of a whatever buyer, of a gum buyer. Wow. Yeah, and I find that quite interesting. You know, uh, when I was 17 years old and I got the idea that, I'm going to finish this secondary school business, and before I go off to college, I'm going to work and raise some money, and I'm going to buy me a Camaro to take to college with me. And that's all I could think about was that damn Camaro. And uh, I got my Camaro, and I had it for four years, and I loved the thing. But uh, I went through some of that same process. I mentioned earlier I was going through all the auto trader and custom antique and sports car traders. Uh, I went to every I really wanted a third-generation Camaro, and by 1994, we were in the fourth generation, but I wanted a third-generation because I just loved that design. I loved that style. Uh, there were uh, actual used car dealerships, several of them, in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, which is where I was at the time, that specialized in Camaros, Firebirds, and Mustangs. So I visited all of those dealerships several times. 
I educated myself, uh, you know, through what we you know, was known as the internet at that time, far cry from what it is today, about the differences <laughs> between, uh, you know, the carburetor engine, the throttle body, the tune ports, learning about the options in the different gears, uh, whether it was really worth it to get an IROC, uh, how to build a, a how to build a competition sound system inside the Camaro, all kinds of stuff. So, so by the time I finally got my 1988 base model Camaro, which was the only year that they made the base model Camaro where it actually said Camaro on the ground effects instead of RS or Z28 or IROC-Z. I had a five-year plan for what to do with that car. The car itself only lasted four, but I did get my system. And by the time I got my system, uh, two things. Number one, the system was worth more than the car. And second, people <laughs> finally understood why I opted for a vehicle that didn't have T-tops. They thought that was so weird. i go get a Camaro with no T-tops. But through my educational spectrum, of a Camaro buyer, I discovered that uh, the Camaro had unique acoustic benefits if you wanted to build a competition sound system and it's like you'd cruise around and boom, boom, you know, people hear me a mile away. And, uh, and the T-tops detracted from the sound stage so much that I did not want them. Plus, you know, back, you know, that was when competition auto sound was you know, really, really taken off. I didn't want my car broken into, and the T-tops, I mean, those things were not secure. All you had to do is have a real good push-up game, and you could get pop those things right off. I did not want that oh, to yeah. happen to my car. So people laughed at me, oh, here's a Camaro, he has no T-tops. Yeah, and I, I got a system that you heard 20 miles away. So, hey, I got my educational spectrum. Now, yep. tell us uh, you know, some things about the educational spectrum. Let's get into this a little bit further of, of some examples of how we can take this and apply this to many other industries and markets because this is something that when I first saw it felt pretty universal to me. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, like I said, you can educational spectrum of a boat buyer, educational spectrum of a Camaro buyer, educational spectrum of a gum buyer. Um, it, it's, yeah. it's all it's all the same. So the the stages, and I kind of look at it like it's on a spectrum. So you have A to Z in the in the spectrum. The the first is you know, you get the idea. You know, the idea pops into your head from somewhere that maybe I should buy, maybe I should get involved in, uh, maybe we should invest in X. And then, you know, you start gathering basic information individually. You start asking friends and family for referrals and recommendations. Um, you know, the, the serious research begins, you know, where you're going into to chat rooms and, and uh, you know, asking about competition speaker acoustics or competition stereo acoustics. And once you start doing that, then you can start narrowing in on the choices, eliminating, you know, eliminating the things that don't work for you, um, zeroing in on the things that do, and, uh, you know, narrow into your favorites, you know. And then there's a th something that happens as that, as that uh, evaluation phase gets closer to the end of the spectrum is you, you go from – I'm thinking about buying this to I'm going to buy this. So I am going yeah. to buy this Camaro. Um, and, but there's something that needs to happen next is you've got to wait for the timing to be right. So I'll tell you a quick story. Um, I had a, a client of mine that was looking at a 30-foot deck boat, met them at, uh, at an – or they actually – they requested a consumer guide that I offered, which is a, a great strategy to take advantage of this, this educational spectrum concept followed up with them, finally got them into the showroom, 
and they said, this is what we want. We, we spec'd it all out, um, and then they, they stopped calling me back. Well, I finally got in touch with them. I said, you know, hey, what's, what's going on? And they said, you know what, we've got to wait. My father passed away. We've got a piece of real estate in probate, and we've got to wait for that to sell, and then it's going to be a $10 million sale, and it's going to be distributed among the seven kids, and we can't buy this $120,000 boat until that happens. And so they were all the way to that point to almost Z, almost Z, but they couldn't buy until that one thing happened. Now, in their case, it was, it was an inheritance. It could be till I get my truck paid off. It could be until my kids are out of college or till my kids are old enough in the boating industry. And then the money changes hands. And that was a, that was a really interesting experience for me to understand that there was nothing I could have done as a salesperson to make that sale happen. But I did have to make sure that I was there when they were ready. You know, I did have to make sure that I, I didn't, they didn't lose the boating itch, um, that they didn't get swept up by somebody else that was offering a, a similar product, um, that, uh, you know, that inheritance didn't come and, and Matt Sellhorse was the last person on their mind. I had to make sure I was front and center so that when it happened, right. and it really, in their case, it was the next day we were, you know, we were writing a, Twenty thousand dollar check to to order the boat and have it custom built. So yeah. that's some some details, but there's a lot of strategies. Once you once you understand each of those phases, then there's a lot of strategies and tactics you can put in place because of it. Yeah, I. And what you know what that makes me think of uh, just to segue very briefly is every town, every city in in America has a well known personal injury attorney. So if you say personal injury attorney, depending on where you are, if you're in Pittsburgh, the name that's going to come up is Edgar Snyder and uh, him saying, there's no <laughs> fee unless we get money for you. And that guy's been written up as a pioneer of marketing techniques for the legal industry in general. Here in Las Vegas, uh, you hear that jingle for Glenn Lerner. He's uh, our equivalent of Edgar Snyder. I mean, there are others, but he's the one that really stands out. He's got all the billboards. He's got all those uh, intentionally cheesy TV ads that stand out. And that little jingle where, uh, where you sing his phone number, and it's, and it's musical, and it rings in your ear. So if I ever get hurt, I know who I'm going to call if I'm here in Las Vegas. I mean, while I'm in that, that stunned motion of, wow, I've been seriously physically wronged here. I think I need to sue the pants off of somebody. Who do you think my first call is going to be? The one yeah, that's absolutely. always on my mind. So yep. that, to me, is what jumps out as part of the whole idea of the educational spectrum is it can be a long spectrum, especially when we're talking about somebody fulfilling their $150,000 childhood dream. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where, especially when you understand the beginning of it, of, hey, honey, let's buy a boat or, or let's do this, you can narrow down those people that you're in front of. So for the attorney, he doesn't know who's going to get hurt next. And it's, you know, that's something that has to be a long-term play in a lot of industries right. though, Adam, you can, you can find those people that walk in, that come in from an internet lead that uh, call your, call your business and you get their information, you know, they're at least somewhere close to that educational spectrum, if not on it. And then it's easy to communicate with just that smaller group instead of, you know, you don't have to buy, $1,000 TV spots or radio spots, you can use some really inexpensive communication and strategies to, to always be in front of them, newsletters, uh, autoresponder email sequences, you know, things like podcast and online video are, are things that I, yep. I certainly uh, believe in. Um, and just you can have that, you know, that cheesy 
commercial to go out to everybody in the world, or you can focus it just on the people that, that have shown themselves to be on the educational spectrum or, or close to it um, within your, right. your product uh, segment. Yeah, and, you know, you make a very interesting distinction. I mean, a personal injury attorney, you don't need one until you get hurt, basically. I mean, I know yep. there's reasons you may want to have one on retainer otherwise, but generally speaking, the average person does not have any need or use for a personal injury attorney until they get hurt and uh, there's civil liability involved. Now, for somebody looking to buy a boat, buy a sports car, uh, buy a house, uh, it's a little bit different because this is something they're thinking about for a long time. I thought two years before my, I thought about my Camaro for two years before I finally got it. Uh, there are people yep. out there. Uh, there's one we know personally that uh, thought about his boat for 40 years. Yeah, and the more I think, the more aspirational the purchase, um, the the longer that spectrum tends to because the. You know, if you have any boating experience in your in your family or in your life at all, there's probably always a, a thought in your head of, man, it sure would be nice to have a boat someday. Um, and yeah. you know, once the you know once the opportunity presents itself that you have that thought, okay, now what can we do to to speed that process up and speed them down the educational spectrum even more? But understanding that until it's time for them to buy. That you just have to make sure that you're you're in a position to be um, be their choice, and also be their choice that's making the decision not based on what's the cheapest, uh, but who's going to deliver the most value and who's going to be the best uh, best to buy this product from or service. Yeah, yeah, and you know another thing that uh, you've shared as I've read in your book is because people, and this is going to start bringing things together, because people are always on those smartphones 24-7, so you have the aspirational buyer. Uh, if he's really serious about buying that boat, if she's really serious about buying, buying that house, uh, and they're at that point where they're getting excited about it and they're starting to think about it, they're going to be on that smartphone a lot. They're going to be on it while they're sitting out on the porch. They're going to be on it while they're sitting at the – Cigar shop while they're sitting at the club, while they're sitting at the ball game, uh, while they're sitting in church sometimes, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, and how many and how many of us? Let's have a show of hands. Take our smartphone with us to the water closet. Yes. Uh, so people are on these things all the time, getting educated about their aspirational purchase. So it is the responsibility of the boat dealer, just as it's the responsibility of the entrepreneur, the merchant, or what have you, to provide that education that people are looking for. Um, if, you know, if this were 2017 that I was uh, an 18-year-old kid looking to buy my first Camaro and I was trying to figure out what kind of engine I needed and what were the differences between the various model years, the golden opportunity for any used dealership that wants to, used car dealership that wants to sell me a nice uh, secondhand Camaro that an 18-year-old can afford is uh, going to be putting out all kinds of information about uh, what is an IROC Z? Uh, what is the difference between tune port and throttle body? What do ground effects really do? Uh, the Camaro, the sound stage for the ages. They, I mean, you could go on and on and on with the types of information they could easily put out that could attract their audience. Yeah, and when you when you think about it from the the consumer standpoint, from the the shopper or the researcher or the evaluator standpoint, and when you think about it in each of those phases, I mean, it, it almost just writes itself what what type of information you should be offering. So you know, if you consider 
from the consumer standpoint, not what happens on your side as the, as the business owner or the salesperson, but what's really going through the consumer's mind? What questions do they need to, to have answered to kind of relieve that fear that they have to make sure they're making a smart decision, make sure that they're making a, the, the right decision? Um, you know, those types of, those type of articles, um, reports, just, you know, helpful tips, videos, all of those things are, are they're what people are looking for out there and, and what they're searching for when they're buying something um, online. And, and you can be the person that shows it to them, and, and now you've changed yourself from a salesperson to the expert that's kind of their, their advocate, that's looking out for them. It's a, it's a, um, a very different approach than what people used back in 1996. You know, Speaking of advocates, and this just popped in my mind, this is not in my notes for this interview, I'm reminded that four or five years ago, um, I was up in uh, New York State, I was headed up to see some friends and go to a concert, and I'm driving along the expressway, and this New York State police officer gets this nutty idea that I was doing 77 miles an hour in a 55. I have no idea where he got this crazy nutty notion. Uh, but you know, he had that, he had the flashing lights, So I had to kind of just go along with his story, false as it was <laughs> that I might've been uh, accelerating at a rapid rate of speed. Uh, so it's like, Oh shoot. Um, 22 miles over, that could be points. Could that come back to Pennsylvania where I was living at the time? And, uh, and I ended up doing research on what to do about an, an out of state ticket in New York state. And I, actually got an answer and it surprised me that this worked uh maybe it's because uh, it was an attorney who practiced in the same town because in new york state they, they call them towns as where where my hearing was going to be because i because uh, i knew that i had the option of having a hearing like anybody does uh so i so I, i'm not telling anybody this is legal advice i'm just telling you what happened for me do not assume this is legal advice let me be clear um i read a blog from a traffic attorney who said that if you have an out of if you have an out of state uh, speeding ticket and you otherwise have a clean record that an that a plea that you can attempt to make by mail is to plead not guilty request no points that was the phraseology not guilty request no points and then basically write an article you know basically write a letter where you uh, confess that you should have known better and you were just being a dumb cough and then write a nice uh, paragraph about how awesome the state trooper was and what a great professional they were and and how glad you were they showed up that day and et cetera et cetera et cetera and all the other stuff we mumble in 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 the magistrate's office when we're trying to get the points off so i got a letter back two weeks later from the town uh magistrate and they said you know we received your plea of not guilty request no points and our recommendation is that you uh, plead to two counts of two counts of driving through a stop sign and one count of parking too far away from the curb. That's a two hundred dollar fine. There are no points. <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah, that's what I was trying to tell that trooper. I missed the stop sign <laughs> twice by accident, and I was parked too far away from the curb on the expressway. Thank you for seeing the light. And I signed off that check, got it notarized, and was done. It makes perfect because, sense that that would be the yeah, yeah that would be the way to do it. But it's it's that yeah. And what's interesting is it's that expertise that whatever whatever business you're in, you just know 
Like, there are things about the boating world that I just know growing up on them since I was five years old. There's things that attorney knows about how to get out of speeding tickets because that's a, that's their life. And um, what of those type of things can you share that's going to be valuable to your perfect, um, you know, your perfect target market? Yeah. So what I'd like to do here is I'd like to come back a little bit. We're talking about the Internet. We're talking about inventories of boats and cars and whatever you have. Uh, part of what you teach boat dealers is how to use YouTube to promote their inventory. So how does that work? Well, it's it's real simple. Is as, as a lot of people know, if you if you study digital marketing at all, YouTube is is one owned by Google, um, and it's the second largest search engine. I think last time I checked, it was it was the second largest. I don't think it's overtaken, but right. that is where people go to look for information, and. If you're, you know, if I was if I was showing this on a computer and you did a search for boats for sale, Charlotte, North Carolina, and there was a page of listings that came back, and you've got the ads on the top, you've got a couple of the organic searches, and the second, third, maybe fourth one down was the little box that we all know is a video. It's got the little triangle in it. What is the first thing that you're going to click on if that was even close to relevant to your search? Well, for, for most people, they're going to click on that video because I would much rather watch a video than read. You know, and the I think the younger the demographic tends trends in your, your group, probably the more so that's true. And, and the other thing that's really interesting is Google understands this. So they rank the videos higher in the search rankings um, as long as it's relevant and as long as you do the right things with the keywords and the title and the subject line of the video. And they're going to show your video. So what I discovered in my market was when people are buying boats, when they're, when they're researching boats online, one of the things they type into the search bar is boats for sale in your market area. So what I did was I would video all of the boats that we had for sale. You know, we had maybe 50 boats for sale at any one time in our dealership. So I'd just video them all, and then I would label them, um, you know, 2018 Ray 230 Sun Deck, boat for sale, Charlotte, North Carolina. And, and with that simple strategy, you know, a, a three to five minute video had a call to action. Um, you know, I, I gave a, a good, honest uh, presentation of the boat in that amount of time. And now I own the search engine market for those keywords in my area with a, a practically free strategy. And, um, you know, I was able to leverage those videos in a number of other ways as well but the the big one was people found me because of my videos found me over a dealership that was one of the the top dealerships in the area um they found matt sellhorst as the as the pleasure boat specialist even before they found our dealership with uh, that that simple right. strategy yeah and what i heard is in terms of optimizing the videos I mean, there's a science to it, but it's not rocket science. Uh, what you're looking to do with the title of it is basically optimize it. If somebody's looking for a, uh, I don't know anything about boat names, unfortunately, so I'm just going to make something up. The uh, night, the uh, 2009 Stingray XS2. So you use that as the title, and you say the town it's in, basically for sale. That's the whole thing, yep. as I understand it. Yeah, that, and, and then and you, you do that in yeah. the in the title of it. You're you're bumped up there and i've seen people get up there in two days with a, a single video on a brand new youtube channel when they do it the right way 
um, they, they bump up right to the right to the front of the line. Yeah, you know, uh, years and years ago, well, five years ago, I uh, did an interview for the Business Creators Institute with the uh, top 40 performing artist, Benny Mardonis, uh, who created the song Into the Night, which was a top 40 hit twice in the 1980s. And uh, it's actually on the archive of Business Creators Radio Show for anybody listening. We did an interview with him on customer service strategies uh, viewed through the eyes of a rock star. And I took a 4 minute and 47 clip a 4-minute, 47-second clip of that interview, the one where he tells the real story about, uh, you know, she's just 16 years old, leave her alone, what that really meant. And I had the, I paid a friend of mine $25 to make a slideshow of pictures of Benny, and then I put this video on YouTube, and uh, I gave it the title, Benny Mardonis Interview. To this day, five years later, this YouTube video, very simply, with just one a uh, paragraph explaining it, and one link back to the uh, the episode on Business Creators Radio Show outranks pretty much every interview that Benny has given to actual magazines about the music industry. Yeah, it's it's um, you know video. It's it's just if what what I've always been taught by uh, by uh, my dad was play by the rules of the game. Not as you want them to be, but play by the rules set for the game, whatever it is that you're playing. And the rules of, of the Google search world, there's this big black box, but one of the rules that we know to be true from experience is video with the right keywords ranks better than non-video with, the, with similar keywords. And, um, you know, it's just it, it will boost you up there because people click on it, and that's what Google cares about is they want to make sure that the links that they're showing in search results are being clicked on that tells them that it's relevant and that gives you an advantage and it's you know with uh you've got that smartphone in your pocket everywhere you go uh what opportunities can you can you find uh you know take it out and and shoot a quick video that um, is going to answer a question that your customer is searching for online yeah so uh what i'm wondering if some of these same strategies could apply to businesses that offer services instead of products yeah, I mean, it, it, there's no reason why it wouldn't. It, the the industry, and, and you kind of alluded to it um, in the intro, is don't don't ever discount an idea because it's in another industry. Just ask yourself, how do I apply this to my industry? So you know, throw throw out an industry, throw out an industry that um, you somebody might say, man, it would be how would I do it here? And we'll see if we can come up okay, with I'm an idea that would work. Oh, this is fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna I got two of them on top of my mind. Uh, so I'm going to start uh, – the first one is vacuum cleaner repair. Believe it or not, some people still have their Hoover fixed. Okay, so, you know, so the, the video that you could do, you, you've got a vacuum cleaner repair shop. So, you know, let's see if I had – I've got a, a Dyson my, that, um, you know, how to, how to replace the belt on a Dyson. And, and so okay. if, you, if you have a Dyson that's broken – that that's a, a question that you very well may type into the search engine or, or into YouTube directly. I'll, that's where I'll go for my service type issues is, you know, how to, how to replace the belt on a Dyson. And so you create that little thing, and then at the end of it you say, you know, hey, this is Bob from, from Bob's vacuum cleaner shop. Um, you know, here's a, here's a special offer that I have for, for watching this because when you replace your belt, you know, it may be an opportunity to do – I don't know enough about vacuum cleaners, but to do X, Y, and Z, 
you know, go to this website and, and take advantage of that free offer or we'll give you a free checkup of your Dyson. And, um, you know, the only people who are going to come to you are the ones that are in your local area, but that's, that's a free strategy that I could, I could virtually guarantee is going to drive traffic to that video and in turn to you. Um, and just like the, just like the attorney, the personal injury attorney, they may not, they replace their, their thing and they may not uh, think of you right away, but when they need that new vacuum or when something more serious happens, what are they going to do? They're going to, they're going to remember you were there. And, um, you know, if you do some other things to get them in what I would call your 24 seven selling machine to follow up with them, uh, you can even communicate with them, um, you know, consistently after that. So that would just be a quick and easy okay. one for a vacuum cleaning repair shop. All right. Actually, I have a total of three here because I just thought of a, a third one. But let's do the second one. Second, uh, entrepreneurial coaching, being a business coach. That's uh, We have a okay. lot of listeners who, in addition to the work they do in business, also coach on it. I'm also one of them as well. Uh, very popular topic on my show. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneurial business coach. Uh, how can I use YouTube? Okay. So, you know, it would, if you noticed in the, in the example on the boats, I said Sea Ray boat for sale. Um, in the example of the of the uh, vacuum, I said Dyson, you know, replace it on a Dyson. The more specific you can make that keyword um, and, and fit that in there, the, the higher you'll rank because it's more relevant. So if you're a general business coach, you may want to consider doing something on a, a specific level. And, um, you know, let's say that you – and then pick a, a specific topic. So, um, you know, how to how to create a podcast. For your business coach, your your coaching business, um, you know, or something uh-huh. along those lines that they would be searching for. And again, go back to what is your perfect target market searching for that you can help them with, and then you give them some pointers. And if you can niche that down even more, you know, how to create a podcast for business business marketing coaches, um, and then you you know you show some some strategies and some tips, and you educate them. And then again, the the key that a lot of people miss is getting those right keywords, but then giving a call to action at the very end. You know, it's not just educating them, but it's educating them and then offering them something else that would get them to kind of enter your world. And, um, you know, I, I call it a, a 24-7 selling machine to get into the newsletters and the communication that you do um, to your target market after the fact as they move down that educational spectrum but, um, you know, that, that would be my approach there. Okay, and this one's actually going to be a little bit of fun. Uh, when I go on the, uh, on the uh, social interwebs like Facebook and Twitter, and uh, I'm even starting to see this on LinkedIn, believe it or not, uh, I uh, get targeted for ads uh, that uh, feature T-shirts and mugs and hats and lanyards and those types of objects. That are that contain quotes and sayings from a uh, a certain very well known politician. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> they have fi- they have, they have figured out my views on that individual, so they send me all the happy positive stuff. But the fact is, there's a lot of people doing it. So let's say I uh, wanted to take some of their famous sayings, I want to put them on T-shirts and mugs as well. Or let's say that this famous politician whose name I'm not going to mention uh, accidentally falls asleep while tweeting and invents another word again. Uh, and I want to, <laughs> and I want to be the first to capitalize on that instead of the hundredth person to capitalize on it. Cause I missed that boat. Uh, could I use video 
to stand out from all of the other people doing the exact same thing? And uh, what ideas would you have that might help me be the one out of those hundred ads that people say, ooh, this is actually interesting? Well, the, uh, this, is a, this is a tough one. Um, let's see. I, I would start with figuring out, okay, what are you going to do? So you said you wanted to sell, sell T-shirts with that, uh, with that slogan on it or that saying on it? Or, 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 or something like that, yeah. I mean, this can apply to any individual. I mean, I, I've gotten several requests for this, uh, people who have asked for my coaching on it. So since we're talking about YouTube videos, I figure I'd throw this in the mix. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what you, you would definitely want to include that word in, or, you know, that new word into the, uh, the search, yeah. something that people are going to be searching in, or that and or that famous politician's name. And then right. you want to put something on that, that you know they're going to be looking for. So, you know, just like those ads are following you around because Facebook knows kind of your interest and your views on, on certain things uh, based on what you do and don't click on, you want to try to get right. into your consumer's head on that same topic. So, um, you know, maybe it's a, a, a compilate, kind of like your, your interview with, um, what was the guy's name? Benny Margaret. Benny Mardona. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it could be, um, you know, funny sayings that this individual has done like such and such. And then it's a, it's more of an entertaining yeah. video that they're going to click on. And then again, at the end of it, you get the keywords right. You think about what are they going to be searching for online? They, they're likely not going to be searching, you know, this type of T-shirt. But you think about right. what would they be searching that would lead them to it? And then at the end of the video, then you make some kind of offer that's going to lead them to a page where you can capture their information and, and you can communicate with them and, and sell them then. So it's kind of a, a two-stepper in that situation where I, I can't directly come up with a, you know, they would be searching for a how-to, but they would be searching for entertaining pieces that would then lead them to the, the product or service that you offer that would be a, a relevant fit. Um, and that would right. be that would be the approach there. But it starts with it starts with thinking about what would they be typing into the search engine? What would they be typing into that uh, that keyword box? And you know, when they're sitting on a blank Google screen, the very first one that comes up, yeah. what are the what are the things that they type in there? And then create the content around that. Yeah, and I can think of a whole bunch of them: uh, memorable moments from speeches, twenty greatest insults, um, business business sayings, what they mean now. Uh, Looking back and celebrating the uh, year of the meme war, I mean, I could come up with all kinds of things that people will go on when they're in actually kind of a fun mode and just want to look something up and just have a good laugh uh, that they'll look up and uh, they'll enjoy that. So we're not leading with, we're selling t-shirts is your point. Uh, we're actually yeah. doing something that if we want to translate it to say the business consulting world or the vacuum cleaner world or anything, we can use a term sort of like infotainment, where we're educating them and entertaining them at the same time, and then we have an ad at the end that says, you know, by the way, visit our online store, uh, or, if you, or if you'd like to use the saw, visit, your, visit our online store, and that's where you promote some of your wares. Have an opt-in opportunity or some sort of engagement opportunity to get them connected on social media or a listserv so that you continue to follow up with them and entertain them even more. Yeah, it's um, it, it reminds me that as you described it there, the the um, I think it was Claude Hopkins, the enter the conversation that's already happening in their mind. You know, enter the conversation yeah. in their mind, what, whatever it is, whether it's a purchasing or whether it's an entertainment or whether it's a pop culture 
um, whatever that conversation is that you can relate to your business and, and attract the right target market, use that to your advantage, create a video around it, and then, you know, have a relevant call to action, a relevant offer, whether it's a, a free, whether it's a discount, uh, informational, doesn't matter, but just try to get them to engage one step closer to your business and um, you're on your way yeah. to, uh, um, to a, a whole new opportunity for you. Yeah, you know what? I cannot believe that we are down to the last uh, seven minutes here. This thing has really flown. Uh, there's something you talk about, and I think this would be a great way to wrap up, that is very, very inspirational to me, having seen some of your webinars, having listened to some of your podcasts on, at Boat Dealer Profits' website. And uh, you talk about the importance of legacy. So what does legacy mean? Uh, you know, tell us from a boat dealer's perspective, and then we'll get a sense of what that means for everybody. Yeah, so in, in the boating industry, one thing that um, I discovered when I went from being a, a boater to being in the boating industry was that a lot of the businesses are generational, that grandpa started it and he started turning wrenches, um, you know, decades ago, found the opportunity in their local market area to pick up a, a motor line. You know, they started selling outboard motors, and then they added boats, and then they added accessories, and then they bought a marina. Um, and now the, then the son took over or the daughter took over, and then the, now the third, maybe even the fourth generation is involved. And, and it's, it's grown over time. So, it, you know, it started out as a service department, and now it's this, you know, multimillion-dollar uh, operation. And to me, that's legacy. And the way I look at legacy is you want to be the one that hands it off to the next generation in a more enjoyable lifestyle. So you want to be the one that hands it off to your son or daughter or an in-law and say, you know, not only is this business stable and secure, but it's more fun. It's more profitable. Um, and we're, we're doing more than when I had it. And, and that's the way I think of legacy in the, in the boating industry um, and, and that's that's one of the reasons why the splash system has been so successful is because it's that that passing it on to the next generation that legacy that you want to pass on is um, you know kind of built into having a, a systematic approach to sales and marketing. Yeah, we've done a number of interviews where we talk about um, uh, you know why people are creating their businesses and how they want to pass things to the next generation. In fact, in some of our recent and I think even one of our upcoming interviews here, uh, there is, is or is going to be, we do so many of these, sometimes I uh, have to be reminded, but uh, there's actually an extensive conversation about uh, how to take a principle of business and use that to educate your children to show them business concepts at a very early age so they become more productive and contributory members of society as they reach adulthood. So, uh, you know, we are thinking ahead to the future of our families, the future of our children, and I know that a lot of people uh, started their businesses in the first place because they want to provide a better future for their families. So for the boat dealer uh, who's struggling in some cases with how things have changed and trying to adapt to the changes, Legacy becomes a very powerful thing. Like, you know, if I don't figure out this internet stuff and I don't, you know, use the splash system, I'm going to get splashed here pretty much, and I'm going to have nothing left to leave to my kids. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be the generation responsible for you know locking the doors up for the last time and and uh, shutting off the yeah. lights forever. 
um, that that's not the legacy you want to you want to leave behind. Right, right. So I think that's something we just need to think about as we uh, as we move forward with all of our businesses. Whether you're a boat dealer, whether you're an attorney, whether you're selling T-shirts and mugs, whether you're fixing vacuum cleaners, uh, looking to sell cars, whatever it is, these are all very important things. Now you shared with me in the green room that you have a little something special for our audience. Uh, please tell us about that, Matt. Yeah, I know that um, that probably it would be quite the coincidence that there were a whole bunch of boat dealers out there listening. It'd be awesome. And uh, and yeah. uh, but I want to I want to offer my book. Um, it, the book is called Boat Dealer Profits: How the Splash System Can Help You Sell More Boats, Make More Money, and Have More Fun. And just like yeah. this conversation, the educational spectrum, the 24/7 selling machine. I think it can it can translate to any industry, so I would, I would love to give anybody listening the the book. All I would ask is that um, that you cover a small shipping and handling amount, and uh, just go to boatdealerprofitsbook.com/slash/success, and you can take advantage of that. Just get the the paperback copy, be mailed to you, and um, just ask that you you cover the shipping and handling, and and um, or you can certainly go to Amazon and get it for twenty bucks. But why not get a free book? Yeah. Yeah, and not not only that, but when they go to boat dealer, excuse me, boatdealerprofitsbook.com forward slash success, uh, you also share some additional tools and bonuses. Uh, I, I know one of them is a clip from one of your speeches, and then you uh, do a deeper dive into the splash system that you mentioned earlier, something that you designed based on your work as a boat dealer and coaching and consulting with boat dealers, but something that very easily could be applied to pretty much any business since you uh, learned a lot of it from studying businesses across the spectrum. Yeah, it was, you know, the having my own mortgage business and pulling that in. I've been a, a, a student of sales and marketing for, you know, since I started my first business back in uh, 2003, I guess it was, and, um, you know, testing and tweaking. And so all of the concepts have been pulled from various industries and I, I think you're right about a lot of the best ideas come from industries outside of the one that you're in. Um, and, and the splash yeah. system is pulled from a lot of different places. Uh, the um, When you look at the infographic that's in those bonuses, you'll be like, it, it doesn't say, but maybe vote in there three times. And uh, you can easily apply your business to um, uh, to the framework that I provide in the, in the uh, book and the bonuses. Right. Right. So again, I'll just give people the link that's, uh, BoatDealerProfitsBook.com forward slash success. And I also know that Matt has a limited number of copies uh, available that he set aside that he's able to give out for free. You know, just pick up that extremely low shipping and handling that's probably less than many of you paid for your coffee this morning. Believe me, I know the numbers. And uh, and get that for yourself, and I think you're going to discover a lot of things will be applicable to your business. So with that, uh, Matt Selhorst of BoatDealerProfits.com, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and certainly an education, a lot of fun. Hey, Adam, I, I appreciate it. I didn't know we would go from porn to vacuum cleaners and uh, and touch on boats a little bit too. So thanks for having me. <laughs> well, you know, we try and make it interesting. So uh, yeah, you, ne you never know. <laughs> Entertaining yeah, and Yep, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please be sure to check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. And who knows what segues we may follow next. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.